0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Happy St. Thomas Day, and happy Mother's Day. I want to try to spend most of my time talking about Mother's Day, but also connect it somewhat to this Feast of St. Thomas. To do that, I want to take you back to the Old Testament, to the very beginning, when God had created Adam, and Adam had brought before him, by God, all of the creatures. And Adam gave each of the creatures a name, but in the end, God had concluded that not one of those creatures that he had made was a fit helpmate for Adam and so he caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and while Adam was asleep he took a rib from his side and from the side of Adam God formed Eve and the name Eve means mother of all the living and we know that Christ is the perfect Adam The first Adam fell because of disobedience, but the second Adam, because of his perfect obedience, overcomes the fall and sin. And it's interesting that the mother of all the living comes from the side of the first Adam, but our mother, the church, comes from the side of the second Adam. Remember that when he was hanging on the cross, the soldiers already perceived that he was dead even before the thief on either side. And so the soldier pierced his side with a spear and outflowed blood and water to show that his elements were separating, that his heart was no longer pumping and beating and circulating. And we see this flow of blood and water from his side as pointing to the eucharist as a matter of fact when we're preparing the gifts before the divine liturgy we say in a soldier pierced his side and we actually pierce the lamb and then we pour into the chalice wine and water in remembrance of the fact that blood and water poured from his side. And so from the side of the new Adam, the perfect Adam, comes the church, and the church is our perfect mother. And so we see that today, because of Thomas's doubt, his unbelief, him struggling, as all of us would, with the resurrection, Jesus invites him to take his fingers and to place it in the holes in his side. And so we see not only that as a proof of the resurrection, but we see a connection from the same side coming forth the church, our mother. So I wanted to spend the rest of my time talking about what a sacred responsibility motherhood is and how vitally important it is in our society and as a building block of the church. And if I were to create a list of responsibilities necessary to be a good mother, it would go something like this. This person must be prepared to work hard for the rest of her life. The workplace will be often challenging and chaotic. This person must possess excellent communication and organizational skills, must be willing to work variable and long hours, including evenings and weekends, and often 24-hour shifts. This person needs to be willing to do extensive chauffeuring and chaperoning, including overnight trips, but travel expenses will not be reimbursed. They must be willing to be disliked, at least temporarily, until someone needs money or a favor. They must possess Herculean physical stamina, nursing skills, the equivalent of a PhD in psychology, and excellent negotiation skills. The responsibilities include the ability to troubleshoot technical and IT challenges. They must be handy at fixing things from broken hearts to clogged toilets. They must be willing to do janitorial work, have culinary skills, be able to garden, purchase, bookkeep, good at customer service, able to tutor, able to tailor, and good with inventory management. I never worked for anybody or with anybody who had these skills. They must be able to screen phone calls, maintain calendars, and coordinate multiple projects simultaneously. They have to have the ability to plan and organize social gatherings for clients of all ages and maturity levels. They have to be willing to be indispensable one minute and an embarrassment the next. In other words, they have to have a thick skin. They have to be able to handle the assembly, maintenance, repair, product safety testing, Of hundreds of toys and other battery-operated devices. Who needs husbands? (laughs) They must always hope for the best but be prepared for the worst while maintaining a loving, peaceful, and professional disposition. They must be willing to remain in the same position their entire lifetime without complaining, but constantly retraining and updating their skills so that those in their charge can ultimately pass them by and surpass them. There is no adequate training for this position. You have to learn it on the job. There's no salary. There are no tangible benefits. You might need to work on vacation, and you will be asked to pay your own expenses constantly. And when you die, you must give your clients whatever extra you have. (laughs) Now, if you knew this beforehand, you may not have stepped forward so willingly to volunteer for this position. But I am here to thank you and to thank my own mother who isn't watching via live stream she's watching via heavenly stream and to thank my mother-in-law and to thank my own wife and my three daughters who are all mothers because the truth of the matter is when we face God on judgment day whether we're a father or a mother God is going to expect from us to be the 24-hour, seven-day-a-week youth directors of our own children. It's not the church's responsibility, first and foremost. It's the parents' responsibility, first and foremost. And the church partners with the parents. But think about what could also be added to this list. At every moment of your children's lives, my dear mothers, your children are hardwired to watch you. You are, for them, an example, constantly, of good, of bad, indifference. You are required by God, invited to the sacred responsibility of being co-creator, but also being the inculcator of Christian virtue, of truth of being a missionary and an evangelist to your own children. Not just by word, not just by deed, but by your very presence in your children's lives. And not just your children. But what an example mothers are to so many who are not their children. And what about the role of grandmothers? This is why being a mother never ends. You never stop mothering your own children, no matter how old they are, and you never ever stop, in a way, mothering their children. And if you are blessed to see your children's children's children, which is happening in my family right now, what a bonus that those children get to see their great-grandparents and to soak up the example of their long and fruitful life. So my dear mothers, don't let anyone look down upon this most sacred role. It is probably the most important role in the entire human society. It is probably the most foundational building block, which is why we in the church consider the greatest saint of all to be the mother of God. She is the example for all of us par excellence. Don't take for granted the fact that God himself crowns motherhood through his his own incarnation. In all of the ways, in all of the possibilities, that he could become the savior of the world, that he could become a human being, that we might become partakers of his divine nature, he chose to do it by entering into the womb of a mother, taking his flesh, his sustenance, his life as a human being from a mother. This is why we take a step back and we contemplate and think very deeply and we honor the role of mother. This is why it is one of the Ten Commandments. Honor your mother that it may go well with you, that your life may be in good order because you honor the office of her who not only brought you into this life, but sustains your life and offers you her entire life. So mothers and grandmothers, may God richly bless you, and may he richly reward you, not in temporal or earthly things, for we know that we don't get much thanks for this role, but in heavenly blessings and in eternal rewards and in the finished product of your own children.